In Cherry Falls, which is a town in Virginia, uh, things are going along, you know, normally people dredging or joying or skipping about their lives, and uh, their lives are disrupted. A little earthquake happens, and the serial killer is on the loose killing some virgins, <laughs> and people have to learn to deal with that and discover how that's happening. There's so many levels to this. I don't think you could even say, I don't think you could call it a, a horror movie. Because I think it's just a, it's a movie. It's a story. And it has, it has so many layers of, of, of different uh, emotions and, and by far, the funniest one that I read, it's so different from any of the other movies, in my opinion, of its genre that have floated in front of my face in the past couple of years. And I thought, oh, this is cool. <laughs> this one I actually want to be a part of. I hope they enjoy it. I hope, um, I hope people are affected in some way. I hope, in that, I hope that people can find the comedy in it. 25 years ago, a horrible crime was committed in the town of Cherry Falls. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Speak All Evil Pod. Next week is Kevin's Anthology Week. Woo. Finally, it has happened. Kevin has been talking about how much he loves horror film anthologies since we started the show. Like six weeks in, Kevin was talking about we have to do an anthology week. It hasn't happened. He wasn't really able to marshal the enthusiasm that much uh, among his co-hosts. But now it's here. And we're going to be talking about the movie Cat's Eye from 1985. And we're going to be talking about VHS from 2012. I believe they're both VOD right now. I don't know if they're streaming. Nah, VHS is uh, on Prime? Tubi? Well... This is the it's time when we know... It's on Prime. <laughs> we were just watching it before we started uh, the show. Well, that, that's one thing I was going to bring up. I'm, I'm a little tired of like having to say every place that everything is when you can just go to justwatch.com. That's what I do. Google it, bro. Justwatch.com. It's a great site. You go on there. It'll show you where any movie... You just type in the movie title or the TV show, and it shows you where, where it's... And it changes from week to week. Sometimes available. we'll talk about something... That's right. And it will be available somewhere else... This is our first uh, listener recommendation week. We uh, put out a call uh, a few weeks back for recommendations from listeners. And so we're going to check out uh, two of those uh, this week. But I think we all want to talk about Mike P. Nelson. By the time you hear this, you will uh, maybe have heard episode 105, which was uh, Kevin and myself talking with Mike P. Nelson, the director of last year's Wrong Turn, which we talked about back on our Hillbilly Horror episode. He also wrote and directed a movie called The Domestics from 2018, uh, which you can see on Tubi and some other places. Um, and it was part of a, a sort of a collective film called Summer School back in 2006. He's going to be mad that you said Summer School. 
I, that I was one of my he favorite. Laughed. <laughs> he, he laughed. He laughed really hard. That was one that. of my favorite parts of the whole episode. I'm glad you heard that. He wasn't expecting me to mention summer school. <laughs> it was like Nardwar. It was like you brought up some stuff that you weren't supposed to know about. <laughs> um, I'm I'm still like kind of starstruck that we did that. Um, we just published it today. Um, Mike could not have been cooler. It was one of the coolest things that I've ever gotten to do in any in any format, in any endeavor, um, was to like hang out for almost an hour talking to Mike Nelson. Um, I, it was like, I'm, I'm still kind of like on cloud nine. I didn't want to uh, announce it. The reason we haven't talked about it is because I wasn't convinced that it would happen. I wasn't going to say anything about it until it's in, you know, until I've got the in file the in the can, <laughs> in the can. So you that's could have why. talked with him for an hour and not even had any of the audio like happened some episodes. You know that could have happened. He didn't need us, basically. <laughs> no, he was he was set it and forget it. That that's a a true a true horror dude. I love the fact that you know we've been talking recently on episodes about how you know we find out about some of these directors that like fall into horror because it's it's an easy way to like get into the industry. You know, and you can do things on a low budget and you've got a built-in genre fan base and Mike like scoffed when I asked that question like so are you a horror dude and you're just like yeah I've been doing this shit since I was a little kid like Kevin, four, shut four up. years old I think he said four or five which yes even predates I think all of our horror fandom true yeah and and I I don't like we talked about Sam Raimi wasn't wasn't like a horror movie guy and he made a couple of my favorite movies of all time. So people do get into the genre because oftentimes it is um, a a friendlier place when you're starting out and you, you don't have maybe a lot of connections. Maybe you don't have a huge budget. um, So I, I don't, I want to be clear. I don't, I don't begrudge that. Um, But it does sometimes get to be a little insulting when people are coming at you with stuff and you feel like they're not that invested in it artistically, you know? Well, and also a lot of, a lot of our favorite actors and directors that do super mainstream stuff today started in horror. And it's because it was more accessible, kind of more fun. And, and honestly, because, you know, like indie horror, it's, uh, it has like no rules, you know? So it's a little easier uh, to make a low-budget movie and, you know, hit with either the dialogue or the story or just the way it looks grimy or whatever, you know? We talked about doing a Before They Were Famous episode, which would almost be like a, a whole other series. You could do a series about people who are now famous but who started in obscure horror movies. My favorite is that Jennifer Aniston is in Leprechaun. Yes. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Many, many examples. Yeah, that, Bacon. That's, that's we'll we'll get to it someday. Mm. We've got a lot to get to. That's multiple episodes, even. So we have a couple uh, listener recommendations this week. I had never heard of the uh, 2000 film called Cherry Falls, mm. starring Brittany Murphy and Jay Moore, of all people. <laughs> um, it was directed by Jeffrey Wright. I'm not familiar with Jeffrey Wright, although I do know that he made the movie called Romper Stomper. Mm. With um, wasn't bad. Russell Crowe. Russ Crowe. Yeah. Um, Skinhead movie. Yeah, right, exactly. Yes. Kind of like an American History X, uh, I think. Um, I had never heard of Cherry Falls. This is like, I think, become kind of a, a cult classic. It's only on Shudder right now. Maybe Apple TV or something, but you can't even, uh, you can't rent 
Cherry Falls, no VOD. This is where Shudder comes through once again in making sure that things don't fall through the cracks. A, um, I would consider this a 90s movie, even though it's a 2000 release. Mm. This is a 90s slasher. It right. was written in the 90s. Yeah. It was supposed to come out, and it was made in the 90s, written in the 90s, supposed to come out in the 90s. So had, the, had a lot of behind-the-scenes issues. So the, the town where the movie takes place is called Cherry Falls. I was a little disappointed, once again, like Kimmy, I thought that the, the character would be Cherry, and it would be about oh. her falling. Yeah, oh. that, that's kind of <laughs> okay. what, I was, what I was ready for. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, um, Brittany Murphy plays Jody, who is the daughter of the sheriff. I'm sure we've probably seen that before. Um, a bunch of murders start happening of teenagers in Cherry Falls. And it comes to light. It's just kind of crazy and ridiculous. <laughs> but it comes to light that all the victims of this murderer are virgins. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sheriff decides that he needs to tell everyone, that the parents and the kids, they all need to know that the uh, the perpetrator here is only looking for virgins. And that, of course, uh, sets about uh, a situation where all the kids are trying to get it in so that they're <laughs> not the next victim. It's kind of a twist on, like, usually it's like the, the, the promiscuous kids, the bad kids who are doing drugs and having sex, they are the ones that get killed by the by the murderer. But in this case, it's the virgins. So everybody wants to... Uh, lose their virginity to keep themselves safe from the killer. I loved this movie. I was like, honestly, 20 minutes in, I was like, all right, no more listener recommendations. Thank you, Tasha, very much. I thought that this was a troll recommendation initially. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're going to recommend movies for me to not like. That's cool. Thanks. You know, But uh, it, it totally sold me. It turned me around. This is a great one. Had a great time watching this. I would say this is a wonderful uh, 90s, early 2000s horror movie. It was definitely fun. It was, um, it, was, it was funny to watch. I didn't hate it. It was exactly what you would expect from the plot and cast description in like the Shutter box or the IMDb, bo- IMDb box. Um, would I say it's a good horror movie? No, it was a fun horror movie. Um, I don't know that I liked it except for its absolutely bonkers plot <laughs> that it had um we're we're dealing you know with like this rape revenge plot situation but the rest of it was just so unbelievable that i didn't even care that it was another like rape revenge thing it was just really fun for me um i definitely got some uh gabriel from malignant vibes from the killer i don't know if anyone else picked up on that so i think yes, james wan definitely definitely watched yeah. cherry falls nice call there was a nice <laughs> a nice black that straight the straight black hair is terrifying it's, like it's like the ring yeah if you have too long a black hair it's scary you're automatically gonna murder some people um there weren't any boobs, which is a bummer for like mm. a nice 90s, you know, mid-aughts kind of situation. Um, not a lot of gore either. There no. were a lot of like implied deaths, which uh, I you know, I yeah. would disagree. I'm, I mean, there's gore, but like there were a lot of times when like the axe was going down and it could we could have seen it make contact, but it was just like off screen. So I could have done with more gore and, and titties, but that's okay. 
I didn't. I hate foot stuff, so I wasn't super into that toe biting scene. Um, <laughs> that but was weird. That it was, was weird so scene. weird. Hey, there's no kink shaming on this show. Here, I'm again. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum, but I hate feet, and I never want to see that scene ever I, again. I agree. Um, Taking my shoes off. <laughs> I will say, I don't know. I, this is definitely a fun watch. Brittany Murphy was so like she was just Brittany Murphy in it. She was like very much like her cute little bangs, her little bob, just like crying. She's really good at crying. I she's forget incredible. how good she is. I, uh, she's a great actress. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll get to think, my thoughts. But yeah, I don't think it was wasted on this on this movie. Um, there was definitely, I think it was trying to do like a hot take on like you know slut shaming and like virginity and somehow, but I can't really put my finger on it. Was it, are they pro-sluts? Are they anti-sluts? Nobody knows. It's sad that we have to immediately politicize every work. I'm not. That we examine, you know, we have to figure I, out some sort of like agenda. What, what about, what happened to just like uh, trying to enjoy a, I, a, some entertainment, you know? I'm a media studies major. I don't enter, I don't enjoy anything. All of my film classes that I've had to write papers for have taught me that I just, I have to pick apart You also um, have a broadcast degree. Mm-hmm. A communication degree. Yeah. Oh yeah, so. I won the the main. I'm so, what's, Take what that, that with a grain of what? salt. What? <laughs> That's it, Kevin. You go now. I would like you to talk about your award. It was a major award. Flexing. Super major. I was the the main broadcasters award from the University of Southern. It's hanging in Trent's apartment right yes, now. From That's when right. we recorded in the basement, and I wanted to put my. Um, accolades on the wall. That's right. Uh, for I'll bring it here. We should have it here now. Because yep. technically, this is an award-winning podcast. That's right. Yes. I won the Pinewood Derby. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, with my Boy Scouts troop. Thank you, Tasha, because this movie reminded me that I've been, I think because of the podcast, I've been getting like way too serious in my critiques of horror. And so I watched this for the first time. And I don't know how I missed this movie. It The cast is literally a who's who of the 90s. Mm-hmm. But also like Michael Bine, I think is how you... Like you've got like Hicks from Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you've got like an insane cast. And I never knew this movie existed. I literally had never heard of it. Me either. Uh, and I watched it and I was being so fucking judgy. I was like, oh, this is so good bad and like jay moore fuck off and then i was like kevin remember the fact like remember valentine do you guys know the, like the horror movie valentine Mm-mm. no i just know valentine's okay so i just started thinking about like really like quote unquote bad but fun horror movies from late 90s early 2000s that i was like i totally would watch them it's like my go-to Hey, you have nothing to watch and you want to turn your brain off and this is going to be super fun. This is one of those movies. And you know what? It's it's bonkers. Like the whole premise is bonkers. And it's enjoyable. Brittany Murphy is incredible in this. The kills are inventive. Like it has pretty good kill scenes. Uh, the Gabriel vibes. Cat, you stole my thunder. I was like <laughs> super pumped about like, wow, we just talked about Malignant. Um but the really the thing with this movie is it doesn't know I don't think it leans into its satire enough. So I read some stuff about how the writer Ken Selden who by the way has written nothing since uh, so he did not obviously have a good experience uh in in the industry. Um 
where the director wanted to go like lean hardcore into making this like really serious. And this is like torture porn, pre-torture porn, pre-like Saw, because Saw was what, like 03, 04? Yeah. And I think that where this movie misses it a little bit for a casual watcher, I think we can watch this movie and like understand like, haha, this like they're they're ripping apart Scream in this, essentially. Exactly. Like Scream right. was huge in ninety six. This is kind of, to me, it's kind of a twist on the Scream and the I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend and all those kind of like nineties slashers. Exactly. Uh, I think they missed it a little bit, like tonally. But this is totally something that I think horror fans should absolutely go watch uh, and and appreciate it for what it is. Like, it's trying to flip the script. You know, Scream was trying to set out the rules and do, like, Scream was kind of a satire on the slasher genre. And this was, like, trying to reflip the script, which I appreciate. It's like, it's like the Scream remix. Uh, it doesn't doesn't land as well as Scream. And I don't think that uh, I love Jay Moore. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he was a great <laughs> casting call. Not a dramatic um, actor, really. Yeah. Um, also, he looked the same age as all the high school students. Yeah, well, very I mean, well, good for him. Good genes. Cherry Falls, or as it could be called, the Virgin Homicides, was a better than average <laughs> 2000s slasher. I'm surprised it wasn't better received. Um, I had heard this movie was initially released as a TV movie, which would explain Most expensive why TV movie the gore time. was downplayed a little mm, bit. Okay, no right. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's a pretty solid movie. Like, I don't like movies from this era. And if I did, this would be one of the exceptions, I feel like. I liked how they flipped everything on its head from, you know, usually have uh, this like right wing conservative slut shaming slasher. And I, you know, I think this dispels the whole uh, liberal snowflake thing because you have a, a killer that's just killing the virgins and wants everyone to be sluts or whatever. For whatever reason, I actually thought that the the story, uh, the backstory that caused all of this, I found it to be a little convoluted uh, with. Uh, the mother and son and all that stuff. So there was a part where I felt like the story kind of fell off, but uh, I did like this for the most part, um, especially this week of the two movies. I really didn't like the other movie, but so this one in comparison, especially seemed uh, pretty decent. Um, I want to say two things real quick. Brittany Murphy has it right like I, you know, I'm not that familiar with with her work. I've seen her obviously in in stuff before. Rolling with the homies. But when when you watch Cherry Falls, you, I, I mean, to me, it was very obvious why Brittany Murphy had such a, a a meteoric rise and like why she was a star. She just has something. I don't, I, you know, it's hard to like put your finger on. Um, she just has a a vibe. She has a look. She's like. She's so good in this movie. I think she is leagues above any of the other actors, any of the other like performers in this. I actually thought Jay Moore was fine. Like once I got over the fact that I was supposed to take Jay Moore seriously in this movie, you know, great comedian, funny guy, nothing against him. Um, but it was a little weird to like see him in this role. But um, she's just like, she has it. You know, she had or she had the thing. Mm. I really liked the orgy party. 
Uh, I liked with everyone was like matching up with like it was like a nerd would go up to another nerd and like drop some game and they'd dance. That was like the and, prom, right? And they all had to like they were all trying to lose their virginity because only virgins were getting killed. So they had this big high school party that the principal said he was gonna you know I don't know what what that threat was. He's gonna do everything within his power to do nothing. <laughs> it, it was, to me, it was just like being at the prom. If you were like a, a kind of a dork and a loser in, in your younger years like me, I mean, not that that's changed, but um, when you were at like the prom in junior high or high school, if you weren't like a popular person in my opinion in my experience um you kind of had to like all the losers would sort of go around and try to like dance with each other a little bit you'd be like oh well there's somebody like on a on a social level as me maybe we we can have this dance because the popular kids are already kind of they're already sectioned off um so if you were like uh, on a lower social uh, stratus you'd have to go around and look for other people's of your uh, people of your level to try to dance with them um and i thought that laurie sherman is the most high school name ever. <laughs> this yeah. movie is all about the legend of Laurie Sherman, and that's like you guys remember Laurie Sherman, right? I think yeah, I think they, you knew Laurie Sherman, Kevin. You, there's there's no but you, there's no microfiche. <laughs> if I was a virgin, <laughs> this movie missed a chance for microfiche. Wait, no, I thought no, there was this microfiche in this movie. What are you talking about? I'm just kidding. Oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> but if I saw this movie when I was a virgin, I would be so terrified. I would be this little ten year old like. Were well, that, so that's, the that's, that's the problem with the movie. So that's what you were getting at, Dave. Is you, were you said, <laughs> you know, this was this was eventually dumped to like USA Network, and so this is officially the most expensive quote unquote TV movie ever made. Fourteen million dollars. Fourteen million dollar budget, what? and it's because. They had so many edits. The MPAA kept coming back with an X rating. And wow. this is coming out at a time when Tipper Gore was doing her thing. Everybody was like, censor everything. Put explicit labels. We have to stop putting porn out. Video games are causing our children to kill people. Everything is over-sexualized. Heavy metal. Heavy metal, yeah. Don't wear a Metallica shirt. Jesus Christ, don't be the West Memphis Three. It was really the director's choice, Jeffrey Wright, which, by the way, this is a very Australian week. Jeffrey Wright is an Australian director. This is only non-Australian movie. And the other movie we're going to talk about is an Australian film. You know, I said that um, the next movie, Allison's Birthday, was the first Australian movie that we've talked about, but it's not. We talked about The Loved Ones Yes, on Prom mm. episode. That's an Australian movie. Fact. But... Uh, so Jeffrey Wright made the decision to take uh, Selden's script had the orgy scene that Dave has already alluded to, uh, which is like like the scream party scene, like like on yeah. steroids. Yeah. You know, you go to Stu's house in the scream party scene and Cherry Falls is like, eh, we'll one up you. We're going to have everybody fucking. And Selden's script had everybody like artistically underneath like a white sheet. And what Jeffrey Wright decided to film was everybody naked. So this scene that we're about to see, we're watching it now, uh, he literally just took, had all of these actors uh, take all their clothes off and do it naked. So that's why we don't get to see any of it. And it kept getting cut and cut and cut and cut. And then every studio was like, yeah, this is terrible. And USA Network was like, yeah, we'll pick it up and air it on TV. $14 million budget. 
and you get aired on USA Network, and you literally disappear until Shudder, like you already pointed out, Trent, is like, yeah, we think this is kind of cool, and there's a following here, and DJ Qualls is in it, so we're going to throw it on Shudder. I think that if this was like actually stylized like that, you, t- you mentioned that sex scene where they're all under like one giant sheet. Like that reminds me of like raw or something. I feel like if this movie was stylized less like the nineties in 2000, that it would be way better because it, the idea is a really original concept. I feel like, and it goes against the slashers and all their tropes while leaning into them in other aspects too. But that's the problem is it didn't lean. It, it, it shouldn't have been like raw. I would disagree. I think what Selden meant was lean more heavily into the comedy aspect and like satire. I think he was like trying to take what what Craven and Kevin Williamson did with Scream and take it even further and say, let's just laugh at at slasher tropes. And uh, like I said, Wright was, well, no, I want to make this like a serious, a serious movie. It, it should not have. And in. Brittany Murphy's performance, honestly, I think I think she's the one that got it. Like I think she got the script, and like her performance is isn't just great because she's obviously a great actress, but I think that like she, her, if you watch it closely, like she's pretty funny at times. Like she's pretty over the top. Like she's a ridiculous character. And when I watched it for the first time, I was like, is she doing this to be uh, over the top? Um, and serious or is she like leaning she's the one that's like actually leaning into like this could be kind of funny guys I don't know there's a lot of mucus that she um, there exudes is. Yeah. in her crying scenes which is great you know we all know you where you're good at acting um, but it was a bit much it was a lot of overacting from her but it was good I'm not saying she's not a great I obviously love her but I had a confusing moment where I feel like they just did this because of the title. Like the name of the place is Cherry Falls. And then when you get to the end, they do that Blood weird runs thing. Red through the They're falls. just like, yeah. yeah, now this water's bloody. It's like, what? <laughs> that was cool. What did that have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. No. If they like dumped the bodies in the river or something like that, it and then made did that, that, like that a cabin fever situation, or I don't know. Kat, did you know Laurie Sherman? I th- you were friends with her, right? Or yeah, she was my runner-up for prom queen uh, <laughs> because I won prom queen. In case awards, we forgot. awards, this accolades, is cats, accolades, accolades. accolades. <laughs> this is my week. Also, hymens do not prove one's virginity. I would like that oh, to be okay. known. Also, let's, yeah, let's do some. Uh, let's talk about some some stuff medical really facts. Qualified, yes. Let's okay. get into the medical facts. You of can this movie. fall down and break your hymen. You can ride a horse and break your hymen, maybe break some other things. Um, But that the intro scene of, you know, the medical examiner telling the police that, well, it appears everyone that died was a virgin. Like one, how would you know that? (laughs) Uh, Specifically because the 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 first one to die is a dude, and there's you know according to them there's no way to tell if a man is still a virgin. Because uh, you can't break a penis hymen. I don't know. But he's like, well, there's no like, you know, bodily fluids on his. He didn't have sex that night. That's for sure. He probably banged someone earlier. No, I don't think he did. He was a virgin. Okay, but, but 
Okay, but say you were the medical examiner. How can you, you say flat out, no, you we wouldn't. <laughs> and then, so he's like, yeah, he was probably a virgin too, because these other two ladies had their hymens intact. Wait, men have hymens too. What is a man's hymen? It's just in their asshole. Yeah. I thought we were going to talk about like uh, losing our virginity. Yeah. No, oh. I'm good. Oh, actually. Oh, I a good story. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, actually. All I was going I don't want to say much about it, but I did lose my virginity to the Mars Volta, so that's a little unfortunate for me. The band? Wow. The band. The whole band. The whole band was like, let's do this, guys. <laughs> Is that a true story? I'm sorry. Let me reiterate. I think the, she means the music the was Mars playing. The Mars Volta oh. was oh. playing yeah. whilst I had a very uncomfortable I see, because I lost situation. my virginity to Madonna. No music for me. Kevin. <laughs> Dave, can, can you... I'm you know what? Let's just open. Can, can you just like I'm trying to get this we, condom like, open? Okay, first of all, because get on the mic and stop doing that. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we're coming up on a break, Dave. We okay, can do that I can like open this after. I can open my potato chips after the break <laughs> or during the break. Kevin, do you remember what was on when you lost your virginity? I do, and I will not say. Oh, oh it must be good. It must on. be good. Was it the rustic overtones? Rico. Suave. <laughs> Lost my virginity to Dave, Dave while was he was on. singing a Rustic Overtone song. <laughs> wow. No wonder he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I had lit this guy on fire as a prank at a party. And then he has a party at his house. And I'm with my high school girlfriend. And he says, yo, you can go in my mom's room. He's having this big party. His parents are away. And he's like, "And you know, go with your girlfriend if you want. I'm like, oh, dude, that's really cool of you. So I go to his mom's room and I start making the moves. He has a baby monitor on and they're listening at the rest of the party to, <gasps> to me losing my virginity. My virginity game. What? A whole party of people were listening. That's weird. And then so we did our thing and I lost my virginity. So did she. We went up to the party and people started saying stuff to us that we, I had said and that she had said in our conversation, it was really, it was very intrusive. Hmm. How like old that. were you? I think probably 15 or 16. You don't know? Not really. Hmm. I mean, I think we have to talk about the ending. We don't have to give it away. Yes. But it is, uh, it's a pretty bonkers ending. And I don't think they stuck it because of the casting. You didn't like, uh, well, okay, uh, should we let me see you didn't like the um the killer the reveal then no (laughs) i I didn't either really i didn't either really i kind of did like it because i it was so unexpected to me it made me laugh (laughs) we're watching it it right now trent reznor yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, the the killer is trent reznor in this movie (laughs) yeah i thought it was a little bit too over the top um I want to know if James Wan saw this movie before he wrote Malignant. That's what I'm saying. In the ring. In the ring. Uh, in the ring. Well, yeah, the ring. Also, I think a lot of movies like uh, like uh, Dressed to Kill and, you know, I think there's like kind of a tradition of these sort of like, um, like there's like an identity sort of genre where things get like flipped around and, and, and that's why you're like, even Psycho, we talked about, I, I would compare this oh, yeah. um, to the Psycho reveal. Sure. Yeah, I just think um, not well acted. 
Don't while well, we're watching it right now. It's I, it's so bad. You it's know, even actually, worse without sound yeah. on. I thought the placement of the blood sometimes was a little bit too obvious. Like they show a bunch of the teenagers at the end and they're all just sitting there posed with like blood like you can just see how it's dumped on their faces. It doesn't look like they were in some sort of I don't know. Mm. I, I liked it because it just was so ridiculous and it, it's just so like not what you're expecting, at least for me. If we from... saw this in 2000, I bet we'd all like it. That's a good question. What would we have thought in 2000? It was so long ago. I would have been nine. Um, so I probably nine. would Malignant have been confused. <laughs> it's wor- like I said at the beginning, it's worth um, definitely a watch if you are a fan of slashers, if you're a fan... It's just I I really think that like the the swing that they took is worth a watch. They might not have hit it out of the park, but it was a good swing. I mean, that's the thing with slashers is they're supposed to be cheap. Right. You know what I mean? And every slasher has its downfalls and that's its charm. Uh, So like I, I think this is a really solid, solid slasher movie. Yeah, this this is one of those that like I I'm happy that I'm familiar with it now. I didn't think it was the greatest movie. It's not going to be on any of my lists, but I I really liked it and I think it's awesome that it's on Shutter and it's not totally lost in the digital age which it could very easily be. Like I said you can't rent it on on YouTube or Google Play or anywhere. Um, so I, I just kind of like, as a historian, I thought it was interesting to to be exposed to, and I actually thought it did what it was trying to do, like, not that bad. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It was entertaining enough for me. So thanks, Tasha, for this one. The next listener pick this week was 1981's smash Australian hit, Allison's Birthday, by acclaimed director Ian Coffin. Coughlin? Coughlin. This film is focused on a young girl named Allison. Uh, we first see her when they're doing a weird Ouija board, Scrabble Ouija board, homemade Ouija board. <laughs> Um, on her 16th birthday, I believe, uh, just gearing up, having a nice old girls night out in maybe out in, and then a mysterious presence that, uh, contacts them through said Ouija board tells Allison that she will encounter an evil reckoning on her 19th birthday. And then a woman is somehow killed by a bookcase. So, you know, some spooky shit is going down. Demons and ghosts and whatnot. Fast forward to a few days before Allison's birthday. We revisit her. She's with this hot guy, Pete. They're living it up. Um, And then she's like, oh, my aunt says my uncle is sick. So I need to go and visit them and see him before he croaks, basically. So happens it's on her 19th birthday that they want her to visit. Also, 
she was raised by said aunt and uncle because her parents had died in a car crash. Little does she realize when she gets there thinking they're going to have a nice little birthday party, some spooky and shady things then occur. And thus, we are left to pick up the pieces and kind of decipher what uh, happened. I would say that Allison's birthday was basically um, a worse version of Rosemary's Baby. Yes. The plot was different. Kind of interesting. It could have been a sequel. A Celtic demon sequel. They put that. I, I thought it had Get Out vibes. It could, yeah, maybe it was like a hybrid Rosemary out, get, <laughs> get baby. Um, uh, but the pre- the premise is obviously a little similar. This cult, we come to find out, wants a baby for demonic purposes. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, it was so slow paced though that it just literally felt like the longest 97 minutes of my life i did like the ending though wow. it was long it was that's a long harsh I, I t- okay maybe not the longest 97 minutes but it's up there it took longer than i think it should have yeah but i liked the ending i thought it had like a little bit of humor especially with like the title cards that were kind of apparent throughout um but other than that I would say my favorite part was the massive amounts of synth that they had for the soundtrack. Watching it, watching it with the subtitles, it was like upbeat synth, suspenseful synth, creepy synth, groovy synth. That was my favorite one. Just like, it was just honestly a really fun 80s synth journey that it took us on. So I would say it was 10 out of 10 synth for me. I love this one. I, I think this is a uh, a minor folk horror classic. I, I would compare it to not only Rosemary's Baby, but movies like The Wicker Man we talked about, um, movies like Kill List, which we haven't talked about, which you got to see if you haven't. Um, I, I really, really enjoy this kind of like old British, stuffy, weird, um, cult folk horror type movie. I was kind of in all my glory, and, and I, I'm glad that, Dave, you mentioned like I'm I'm guessing we haven't talked about it, but you you made some comments that led me to believe that you didn't like it. So uh, I had that kind of going against it, and I thought it was like really good. I think this is the perfect kind of like old '70s, '81, old '70s, like early '80s type horror movie that kind of like there's a weird comfort in it. Like you might be watching this on cable on Sunday night or something, you know, when 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 you're growing up in the '80s or something like that. Um, I really, really liked the the way that this goes against the grain of horror movies at this time. This is Friday the 13th was 81, right? Um, this is slasher time. This is post-Halloween. This is um, post-Friday the 13th. It's um, My Bloody Valentine, stuff like that. Happy birthday to me. All that like early 80s slasher stuff that was going on. This movie goes totally against that grain and goes and wants to throw you back to like 1972 and and do like a Wicker Man thing. I thought that was a really cool choice. People are looking at me right now, making faces in the room. Yeah, I guess I, I'm the. I'm gonna guess I'm the only. <laughs> I'm getting wrapped up here. I liked Allison's birthday. I think this movie actually has a lot to offer. If you're a a fan of horror film, I say watch Allison's birthday. Well, first of all. Uh, Kat, I want to make a movie called Get Baby, 
<laughs> or I want to see a movie called Get Baby. There is one. It's called Inside. It's just like a. It's just a, a, a guy who's just uh, after babies. Just out for babies. Um. Evil it Dead just, vibes. Evil Dead vibes. Sorry. Well, so if you're taking no, so long to, to no, that's fine. So I, I agree with Rosemary's Evil Dead baby. vibes in this Rap movie. It. I agree with Rosemary's Baby. I got wrapped. I also thought The Omen because of the baby stealing mm. and all that. Yes, for and sure. And then I I thought Hereditary because yes. of like the chosen person for this particular uh, pagan destiny or whatever. Mm. Um, I thought it was the most sus Ouija board ever. It was totally <laughs> yeah. Scrabble. Was it was Scrabble it was for real. Suing. Yeah. It was Scrabble and like a a, a jelly jar. Yeah. In the middle. It was like uh, a tumbler. It was like yeah. a bourbon tumbler. Um, I did, however, appreciate the only time in any movie ever I've seen a pitchfork pole vault. Um, yep. yep. I I found this movie to be very boring. I tried and tried to watch this movie. It took me multiple times to get through. Um, I don't know what it was. I think this movie could have used Tom Savini because mm-hmm. there was like no gore at all zero gore like you didn't see anything like show me some some gore uh there's stuff that i know from australian movies are way more contemporary it's like wolf creek and a bunch of stuff that's very very gory so i was excited to watch something from the early 80s from australia thinking that you know at kind of the height of gore in horror that maybe there would be some really cool gore. But uh, I don't know. This was just, it didn't have enough either like psychedelia or enough pagan rituals or enough violence for me, something. But I found it to be very boring. Uh, but Well, my wife is named Allison. Mm. She has a birthday. I hope so. I thought I was going into this with like two out of three boxes checked. <laughs> I've also been fighting Allison's birthday for a long time. So many punchlines there. <laughs> this, the intro that you, some of you have talked about, great intro scene. The ending, cat you referenced, great ending. Mm-hmm. Everything in between, one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, oh, oh yes. I'm, thank you, thank you. I thought it was terrible, too. It's, it's whole, the, the opening was so... So intriguing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, let's do this. Like, let's get like Australian exorcist with this. Mm-hmm. Totally in. Uh, nope. Let's just be super boring. Let's introduce Peter, her boyfriend. And Peter is perfectly fine. Uh, and then let's introduce one of the worst musical scores I have whoa, heard. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's calm down on that, I though. Said, I did like the bro. score. I like the score. It was awesome. Nope. Not when Peter is in his harrowing scene, Peter's mm. action scene, the pitchfork jump that you were talking about, Dave. Right. It's some of the worst music I've ever heard in a movie. Mm. Uh, this was, like I said, bookended, awesome. The journey to get there, terrible. I hated this movie. Wow. <laughs> like the Oregon Trail. Absolutely hated this movie. I would movie. never watch this ever again. People saying, like, I would. hereditary. Like, get the fuck out of here. 
Um, but but sure. it's old. But it's old. Yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was really poorly acted. I thought it was incredibly obvious what was going to happen. Like, Hereditary, you don't really know what's happening. Like, there's no suspense in this movie. It's like, full core. You understand. Uh, and they just do, like, okay, we have our research scene, our consultation with Library. a mystic. Uh, you have hospital records scene. You have the baby kidnapping, parents being killed, but maybe not like in the way that you like. It's so cliche. Uh, sorry, I, I just I found this to be like one of the least engaging movies I've watched uh, in the entire show. Dave, you mentioned the Omen. Uh, one of the things that that stands out to me to this day uh, from the Omen is the last name Thorn. Isabel Thorne. And here you have great-grandmother Thorne. Oh. Thorne is a great well, name. It's the, Thorne. The final scene when the, the lady uh, who thinks she's 19. Yes. That, I did like that. that I did so like that. good. You guys like are that. tripping on this movie. It's very, very good. I didn't realize until um, the very end, until I had watched it, this, this stars uh, Joanne Samuel plays Allison. That is Mad Max's wife from the oh. original... 79 uh, Mad Max movie, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. If you've ever seen Mad Max, also Australian, Mm. yes. Um, I was happy to see Joanne Samuel. I didn't know it was her uh, when I watched it, but I thought she did a great job. Maybe uh, Mad Max, probably a little bit better than this, but. Maybe. I liked uh, Peter's car. It was cool. That was a cool car he drove. Yes, it was a cool car. Is no doors dangerous? He's a dangerous guy. It was like a dune buggy. Yeah, you're like a little. I'd say you're a little vulnerable with like no doors and like no top. You're kind of asking for it. I didn't think he it. needed to like go inside a church and steal a cross. I thought he could have somehow. I there could have been yeah. some other way. Yeah, to get... but he had like the weird mystical again. Like you have this His weird movie astrologist is, like, checking boxes. Friend. Like go find your weird astrology friend. Your mystical friend, and she yeah, tells you, drag go me get to the hell. Cross. So he has to go drag me to hell vibes. Yeah, and he went to the library, as you do. You and know, the, the library the, always like, has books on whatever this is. One know? of the production things they obviously had down was like, we can film Peter in his cool car. So let's do that as much as possible. Yeah. One of the things that's weird when you watch a movie like this is thinking about, like, I could do this so fast on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're in the library and he's like writing down notes and names and all this stuff and from yeah. the microfiche or, mm-hmm. or whatever, the books. And it's just like, I could do this so fast on my phone. This, and it's like this half the movie. A, uh, a ceremonial chalice. It had ceremonial chanting. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised That's this is like, like right out of the, I like the chanting. Yeah, this is like right out of the textbook. I'd like to like find, I don't know if I'll, I'll be able to, to find this, but I'd really like to find a clip of, you've obviously done your homework. Which, of course, is the reason you have to die. I love that shit. I love the accents, like all that, like Australian British stuff. Great. I'm shocked that you guys were, like, that you actually were entertained. I was, yeah. I had a great time. Listen, when Stonehead showed up, I definitely just wanted to turn it and watch um, Spinal Tap, if I was honest. I was like, you know what? I prefer that Stonehenge scene. Mm, well, I actually saw in uh, that there's a folk horror documentary called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, a history of folk horror. And that's on Shutter right now, too. Like both of these movies. I watched that and it referenced uh, this movie, Allison's Birthday, in it as uh, like kind of a pioneer of Australian film. Yes. 
I'm not saying it doesn't have its place. I mean, I didn't like it either. In horror. I'm just saying, does it really hold up now? I think I it does. The Stonehenge scene know. is so is funny. I mean, it's the <laughs> second funniest Stonehenge scene after Spinal Tap. You guys are she... throwing around like like hereditary. Okay, well, let's throw Midsummer. I wouldn't. It's, th- it's like Midsummer yeah, too. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'm the one that said hereditary, and I'm not a fan of it. Kevin. And I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm on go your that team. Far. I said hereditary because it has the chosen one. You it's know, full the horror. chosen one because of oh, the calendar the and whatever and is happening. Like, yeah, there are, there are parallels, I think. Adestupa. Hereditary. Like, it's maybe not as good of a movie. They, but there was not an Adestupa in this. This is a $300,000 budget. That's not much, even back then. Uh, but if you look at movies from this, this time, look at The Changeling. Okay, look at Friday the 13th. You're telling me that that movie is way better than this? Yes. I would disagree Definitely. with that. It's not a good movie. <laughs> Well, it's I don't really, think... really, like, I will say, book ended. Start of the movie, great. End of the movie, great. I love that. Like, I love the despair and, like... The rest of it's predictable. And you're just like, just tell me I know what's happening. Exactly. Just tell me what's happening. I thought the middle section was good. You guys talk about, like, the bookend, like, the beginning and the end being good, which I agree. And I thought the whole middle section of the movie, like, what you guys are talking about is boring... I kind of appreciated that as like a Wicker Man thing, you know? The, you have basically Peter is like, you know, playing the detective role from Wicker Man, you know, going around trying to find out what's going on. That's just like kind of an old, old folk horror thing to do. I hated Wicker Man until we did the episode. I watched it a bunch more. I researched it. I appreciate it. Maybe there is a time okay. and a oh, place in the future where I revisit Allison's birthday and I oh, research it God. and I think it's okay. I'm just saying that that's a very fucking low chance. There were, there were some TCM soundtrack vibes when Peter gets to the cemetery, oh, and it's man, just these like reaching. these these you're like reaching. noises, you're these reaching. Matrix you're like, guys you're, you're in no, they're like me right now. No, the they're guys like in tuxedos noises that just like keep coming up. Oh, there's a guitar that's way too loud. Yeah, they could have developed the bad guys a little bit more, and the henchmen and all that because they'd show up like one time, then it'd be over, then everyone would be in hoods and they'd be chanting, but like. I, I feel like they could have developed that whole thing a little bit better. It is like... It's so I forgive it because it's early. It's early on, and I respect it for that, but... Eh. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's predictable. You're ruthless. It, it could have been 90. Sure. I mean, big sin. <laughs> 10 minutes too long. It could have been a short man. film, Trent. Ooh. <laughs> this, you know, the thing is, you're talking about like developing the cult characters but that's not really in the tradition of kill list rosemary's baby can they don't, you, they can don't you like... stop bringing up these legendary <laughs> no, he's so mad oh i loved the amulet that's another <laughs> thing that reminded me of um amulet yeah reminded me of... <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to remember what that movie was called <laughs> 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 